Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First, I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gem. I'd like to pay respect to the Buddha, to the Sang, to the Dharma, and to the Sangha. Buddhang Saranang Gichami. Domeng Saranang Gechami Songang Saranang Gechami Namaste to all. What I have in mind today is to talk about the Dharma. What is the Dharma? One of the saying of the Buddha was all the Dharma has the mind as the subject. All the Dharma has the mind as the, the subject. So what does that mean? The mind is the subject of all Dharma, which means to according to my perception, without the mind, there's no Dharma. So the, the, the mind is everything that describe about what the Dharma is all about. So what is it, the Dharma? What is it? As you sit there, you are experiencing life as it is. You see things right now in front of you. That's the Dharma. That's the Dharma of seeing. You are hearing the sound. That's the Dharma of hearing. You are feeling your body as you sitting there or walking. That's the Dharma of the physical feeling. If you smell something, that's the Dharma of smelling. And if you are eating or drinking something, that's the Dharma of drinking or tasting some kind of drinks or food. All of this all of this perception that you have all of this feeling that you have right now are the result of the interaction of your five senses and that creates your awareness which is the Dharma Right. So 
and this Dharma here is perceived because of because you have the mind. All of this perception through the five senses okay create the mind. So that's why the Buddha said the mind is the subject of all the Dharma. So when you see things if you just see things that is the dharma of seeing now the sixth sense kicks in when the dharma of the seeing turns into the what gives the information to the sixth sense which is the central command of, of the mind itself inside and that mind have the reaction if you see something an object or whatever or a person and that dharma or seeing turns into some kind of feeling some kind of emotion toward that object or toward the person or toward a being whether animals birds um, any material stuff around you and you do you develop some kind of of uh, reaction some kind of emotion toward it so that's the dharma of feeling. Okay, so when you have the feeling of love, that's the dharma, and that is the come that comes from the mind, right? The mind developed that. So all the dharma has the mind as a subject. When you see or hear things and you have this emotion, right? As part of the, the mind process, of the sixth sense process towards certain things, that to, to most of us, that is normal that is our nature that we react to things you see things you see your children you see your belongings you see something that you love you see your cell phone something new your car and stuff and you like it you love it you see certain people, certain persons, certain things, and you don't like it. Okay. So the reaction from your mind is the Dharma. That's why the mind is the subject of all the Dharma. So 
for most of us that's how we operate in this world that's how we think that's how we think who we are it's just happened like that automatically now when you see for example when you see or hear something now one an example that i like to bring up you're walking along some uh, uh, a road a street or you drive along something and people do certain things or you see or you see people in a way that for not normally that people look at things and you react and we react you don't like a person you don't like what people do okay which is happening every single day you see political stuff going on politics which is we think that is bad or somebody is doing something good and we say that is good okay when we encounter people we see people we perceive people through our senses and we make our decision which is the dharma whether you whether you like the person or you don't like the person or you have no opinion of the person so that's all dharma right so the dharma has the mind as a subject okay so you like a person you don't like the person or whatever so that is an opinion that you have toward the person that's what most of us do we look at what the other pe- people do say or behave and all and all of that and we make a judgment of the person we see the people dress how the we see where the people live what kind of house they have what kind of jewelry they have on them what kind of clothes they wear see it's all judgment it's all opinions all of this dharma is in the control of the mind that's why the mind is a subject right so all of this happening and as we see things as we make judgment as we have opinions we see things because we think that's what that's according to us according to our perception our opinions Okay, our judgment we think what we think is right we make a judgment on a person he's a good person she's a bad person he's an evil person she's an she's a holy person he's a good monk 
she's a good nun or he's a bad priest he's a whatever he looks ugly he looks handsome she looks pretty she has a bad character she has bad manner and all that that's our mind that's how our mind works we judge people we have opinions on things on any event and all that based on our perception which is our mind according to our experience according to what we know based on our memory that's dana okay that's why the Buddha said the mind is a subject of all Dharma because that Dharma is there inside is in is the mind itself. So when we look at things like that, when we see things like that and we always pass judgment in our opinion according to every one of us that we experience this life that we go through we see people with what kind in what in the in the form that they have we see people and we judge people according to what they say right according to what they do according to your perception so we passing judgment and and uh, opinion on everything that we encounter that is for most of us that's what we do and your opinion is not the same as another person's next to you's opinions if there are two or three of you sitting or walking at the same at together and you see certain object or you see certain people all of you in the group have different opinions on the same subject i mean object on the same object so that's why Opinions is opinion. Judgment is judgment. And whose opinions or whose judgment is it that is right, that is correct? No opinions is correct, no opinions is right. Because everyone has different opinions, everyone has different liking or not liking. Right? So that's how we operate that's how our mind operate okay passing judgment on things so that's why the buddha keep teaching about this mind that okay if we let's say we have a billion we have seven billion people on this planet 
So there are seven billion opinions on a certain object. They're not all the same. Although there are opinions that are in common, that agree with each other, but not necessarily having the exact opinion, exact agreement on certain things. Okay, that's there's always variation in the way we think. So what is the truth in a certain object or a certain person? When we develop judgment or opinion on, on certain people, on certain things, and we think that is right, because that is our opinion, that is our dharma, But, but then the person next to us has different opinion and that's their dharma. That's their opinion. There's no one is right, no one is wrong because everyone perceives things according to their experience. Which means, what it means is we just see things on the surface, okay? We develop our opinions on the surface of things. We cannot see it all the way in. We cannot see the truth of things, okay? It's fine, it's okay that you can have an opinion on things, okay? Because every one of us it's different. You like certain things. I like certain things. Other people like certain things differently. You like a certain kind of cars, model, brand, its feature. And I like a different kind of car with different kind of feature, different kind of brands. Who's right and who's wrong? Nobody. It's just different. Right? So, the important thing is that we need to understand is that the value of anyone, of anything, or of a person is not based on just uh, opinion. And it's the same thing for us, okay? Our value, your own value, is not based on other people's opinions either. Your value is your value, is who you are. Your value does not go up or down depending on what people think or say. It should also be the same way as what about other people's value. It does not depend on our opinion or our perception of who they are. 
some people praise you. Does your value change? If some people curses at you, do you change? See, you don't. You are still you. That is something that we have to understand. But when we react to things, our value change. Okay. When somebody praises you, you feel good. You feel elated. Okay. You feel happy. See how you change according to people? According to people's words? So, that's what it means. Then your value goes up. You feel good because of what people say to you. And of course, when that happens, it can also go the other way. When people say things that you don't like, or you, you think, again, right? and you think that it's something that is not good of you, that describe you not good, not, not fair, then your value go down, you get hurt. Your value go down. What that tells you is you have no clue of who you are. You become whatever depending on what people say or do. Right? The way people look at you, the way people say things at you. And your mind change according to that. So you have no stable value, you have no control, and you have no knowing of who you truly are. Instead, you change your feeling and your emotion according to what others say about you. See? So, where is the true you? Is the true you out there depending on what others say to you? Or the true you is with you where you are? See, discover who you are is very important. It's all about your mind, right? Again, it's all about the reactive mind that you have. The, the reactive emotion toward all the dharmas around you that can influence your own dharma. If you don't watch that, you will let the dharma around you influence you. You see, so it's the same way. That's how the world works. If you don't understand your own dharma or your own inner 
being, then it will get bombarded. It get bombarded with all the influence of the drama around into who we think, you know, we are. That that we just goes with what we see, with what we hear, and all that, and because of that, your mind goes up and down with all the things that's going on around you. If you don't follow that. Then your mind goes crazy. Sometimes there's no peace inside because your dharma or your value or your inner being is lost. It's always it always reacts. It always have this emotion toward all the things outside. There's no peace. See, you have to understand that you are you. In there, your inner being is always in there, and that should be under your control. What happened out there, is out there. Whether you want to let that in or not is up to you. See, that is the mind that you have. The mind, your mind, is the subject of all that is happening. Now, what kind of mind do you choose to have? See, that's the difference. When, for an enlightened one, for an awakened one, when they see things, what does it mean by you can see things as they are? You see things as they are, meaning you don't pass judgment on them. You don't have opinions on them, which is very hard for most people to do, because we all have opinions. We all have judgment about a lot of things, but enlightened ones, they don't pass judgment on people. Okay, they see through people. Now, that does not mean that there isn't good action or bad action. Yes, they are. The world is full of good, bad, not good, not bad, neutral events, action happening all the time. Okay, so you have to get that clear. There's always wholesome and unwholesome activities going on. Okay, but what 
and enlightened one see is this yes there are wholesome and unwholesome action or events happen okay but that's all there is to it there isn't anyone behind it to do it but all these phenomena that gather together that form together into whatever that we see we perceive and we make judgment on things for example you see a person and doing something that is uh, not wholesome or out of whack normally our reaction our emotion toward the person is that we don't like that person we hate that person that person is a bad person an evil person that's what we normally do that's how we judge that's how we have our opinion for an enlightened person when they see the same they see the same person as you but they don't see a, per, a, a, a bad or evil person they see a being being influenced by bad um, by bad um, karma see it is there's a difference there they see the same person as you but they don't see the person as a bad person an evil person or even a good person a holy person they see a being performing good or bad action and how that action how the how the 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 karma comes out from the person is based on his or her own perception of things just like who we are we are doing things is based on our perception based on our experience and memories but the true us is the true inside us is way deep Okay. We do things according to our memories, according to our experience. So the bad person that we think, that we have opinion on, as the bad person, as an evil person, or a, a, a whatever person, he or she does whatever or say whatever things that they do are also according to the experience that they have through their lives right so when they do certain things that is not good the inline one also see that it's not an appropriate behavior of course they do they see that they see that okay that is not a good thing to do that is harmful thing to do but an enlightened one does not have this hateful feeling toward the person.
okay for most of us when we see people we see that do things not good that is of harmful to other people and especially to ourselves we hate that person and enlightened one does not develop that hateful feeling toward the person the enlightened one would not go out there and cuss at that person or beat that person up okay most of us when we react when we see people do certain things to bad things or whatnot we yell we scream we hate the person and we cuss at the person at the people you are bad you're evil you this you that right and enlightened one do not have that kind of feeling and enlightened one do see that okay if it's something harmful the enlightened one do acknowledge that yes that is not the right action but he or she has no hateful feeling toward the person who uh, who do that why why is that it's because the enlightened one don't just see the person at the surface the enlightened one see through the action all the way inside of the person that's why one of the things that i like is my personal okay perception is that on the on the final days when they crucify jesus on the cross when they nail him to the cross nail him uh, and put him up you know there's a punishment with all kinds of pains the torture that they put on even on him jesus had no no uh, hateful feeling toward the toward the people who hurt him did jesus know that they do the wrong thing of course he did it was painful for him right because they put him to death they nailed him to the cross but what did jesus say did, did jesus hate those people who put them who nailed him to the cross he didn't what did he say he say forgive them for they know not what they doing you see jesus saw them through their activity all the way in and that is the difference between a sage between an enlightened one and most ordinary people most ordinary people cannot do that when somebody hurt us we we hit them back they say oh no they don't do that and then bam a reaction it's an eye for an eye but for an enlightened one they see through the person they don't just stop at the surface level 
the enlightened one see through the karma. Okay, that's why it's the enlightened one cannot find anger. The enlightened one cannot find hateful feeling. The enlightened one cannot find jealousy. The enlightened one cannot find ill will inside. Why? Because an enlightened one don't just see the person doing bad things, doing unwholesome things. The enlightened one instead seeing that the person who is doing certain things is going through things in life without knowing what he or she is doing. If the, the person who is doing whatever he or she is doing know okay, that is the wrong thing to do, that is a harmful thing to do or hurtful thing to do, he or she wouldn't do it. Now, you may argue that what about the robbers and the thief and the rapists? They all know what they're doing. Cannot forgive them. They all know what exactly what they're doing. Right? Yeah, it goes a little deeper. On at the surface level, for most of us, we say they know what they're doing. So they deserve the punishment. Okay? They deserve to be jailed. They, they deserve to be stoned to death. They deserve this and they deserve that. That's how we see things at the surface level. For an enlightened one, the enlightened one see the person who's doing that, the rapists, the thieves, the robbers, the 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 evil doers, okay. All of those are being. They are going through life with some kind of deep suffering inside. That's how the enlightened ones see them. They see the evil action. Yes, they do. But it's not out of their own true inner being. It's something coming out from the ego, egotistic uh, side that is outside the person, that the person has received from the society, from the all the influences that the being have gone through. Every single one of us, when we were born, when we were first a baby into this world, was there an evil baby? Was there a bad baby that come out into the, into this world? Think about that. 
No baby born into this world as an evil baby. A baby that is destined to do evil stuff. So that bad person, that evil person that we pass judgment on, that we label on, the rapist, that we call them, the rapist, the murderer, okay, all of those. When they were born, when they were a baby, when they first born, is that, is that their label? That they are gonna be, they, the baby is a rapist baby? Was that predestined when they was, were first born? No, they were not. They were born innocent, just like you and me. We were all given the same opportunity when we were born into this world. The same blank sheet of paper. That's how the enlightened ones see all the being in this world. But due to circumstances, due to environment, due to society, each individual being develops into different persona, different characters. And because of that, being good, being who are fortunate to go through life uh, with opportunities, they develop into a certain personality. But less fortunate being go through life and becomes a rapist becomes uh, drug dealers become murderer it's because of how they were formed they were developed and through the enlightened mind they see that the evil doers are the one who suffer the most Okay, the enlightened ones see that people who are in jail, in prison, they have gone through all kinds of um, misappropriate influence. They have gone through influence that is not suitable to have good life and they had gone through a lot of suffering inside them in them and they are trying to make something out of it and due to ignorance due to greed takes them, it puts them into certain situation, into certain condition that develops and makes them who they are and makes them what they do.
So that's why, you know, enlightened one, they can talk to prisoners. They can talk to people in jail. They can talk to people who suffer, who have a lot of problem, without any hateful feeling, without any emotion about, you know, what they have done. They can always forgive people, just like Jesus did. Enlightened one can always forgive, because they have an understanding heart. They can see through to the people. They don't see people at the surface level. They don't give value to people just on the surface level. An enlightened one don't give value to material stuff just because okay you have nice clothes you have jewelry you have automobiles and cars there's nothing wrong with that okay but that is not a value of a person the value of a person is beyond material stuff that's how an enlightened one see people okay enlightened one don't pass judgment on people based on material things enlightened one look at people inside the same so that's why like the buddha when the buddha when the buddha talk to people the buddha never bother to uh, to judge people or to treat people differently whether poor or rich the Buddha treat people the same all the same whether there was a king who went to meet him or a beggar went to meet him he treat them all the same it's not about the appearance. It's not about the look. Okay? It's all about the inner being. About who you truly are. And all we are, we are pure at the end. At the, at the inside. Right? At the inside. We were born as a pure, innocent being into this world. When you can see through all of that, then you can learn to develop what the Buddha called metta and karuna, loving kindness to all beings who goes through life on this planet, that everyone is going through life and they all have suffering. They all have different suffering, different encounters that develop onto that blank that has been drawn onto the blank sheet of paper. Okay, so the blank sheet of paper got influenced by tradition, by culture, 
by the way of their upbringing or another word like they call brainwash right we are being brainwashed by the society and that's why through meditation through understanding our own mind we learn to peel off this influence that we have in order to access our own self our own inner being or who we truly are we learn to peel off the tradition the custom that our family have put on us okay that our village our country has put on us and an identification that put on us we have to sift through all of that to find out who we truly are okay and who we truly are is very simple it's just pure being inside but with all the influence with all the labels being put on us we use that to identify ourselves and because of that we being blind and with this blindfold on us we develop opinions and judgment on other people so you have to get back to the source you have to get back to the source to your own true innate nature have to remember that we are heading in one direction in one of the talk the buddha asked the, the monk say the monks what do you think how long or how much time you have left to live on this planet some monks say i probably live 10 years some monks said oh i probably live five more years some monks said um probably three months according to what i feel and some other monks say probably a week okay and some monks say probably a day and there's some monks that say uh probably a meal without you know after a meal i could i could die after the, my last meal and some other monks say it could be my next breath i could this could be my last breath and i could die so the buddha said the monk who answered that my my next meal could be my last meal is very appropriate okay everyone else they are taking life for granted how do you know that you're gonna die next week why you how is it that you know that you're not gonna die tomorrow you see now the buddha what the buddha is trying to point out is that don't take life for granted life is very precious it could end tomorrow it could end this afternoon it could end whenever the buddha keep reminding us that 
not to take life for granted. It's very rare for all of us to be born as a human being to understand what this existence is all about, what life is all about. Treasure it, okay? Live it fully by understanding this. Live it with love, with kindness, with compassion. Because you really don't know when you're going to die. Don't take life for granted. And don't let greed, don't let jealousy be the guide of your life. Life is more than that. Like, for example, we are all on this together, in this together. Let's say, for, for example, you are walking along the street and you see a party bus, right? The bus is full of everything that you can ever want it. There's treasure, there's jewelry, there's money loaded in the bus, the party bus, whatever. There's beautiful people in there and they invited this person onto the bus. They say, come on out, come on in. This bus is yours. This party bus that's loaded with all these goodies is yours. Loaded with all these beautiful people is yours. The money and everything is yours. Loaded it and come on in. This is yours bus. So the person get into the bus, right? Now, the thing is, if you're standing by here, normally you probably feel envy and you feel kind of a bit jealous, right? But if you see where the bus is going, the party bus, that the party bus is going down the cliff, okay? If the party bus is going toward the cliff, would you still feel envy or jealous of the person who get on that, onto that bus? No, you don't. Because you know that bus is heading toward the cliff. It doesn't matter how much treasure is in it, how many, how much, many people, beautiful people in it, you know where it's heading. Well, the same is for all of us. We are on some kind of party bus, and we're heading toward the same direction, toward destination. Okay? We have death at the end of our lives. So, each and every day that we have right now, don't take it for granted. Okay? Treasure it. Value it. Live it with love and kindness and compassion. That's the message of the Buddha. Don't take life for granted. Okay, so that's what I like to share with you all today. Hopefully you uh, get something out of it. And yes, please leave me a voice message if you like. And if you have any question or you have any topics that you like to be to for me to go over to Please 
feel free to uh, leave me a message. Until then, value your life, don't take it for granted, and give it your best. Okay? There's life to live. Give it your best. Give it your love. Give it a hug to hug the person next to you. Give it love. Namaste.